You are listening to The Pause Podcast with me, Dr. Benji Epstein, a podcast where we will be giving ourselves the permission to pause. This will be a practical guide to live a life with courage, presence, and authenticity. Join us to reconnect with your most soulful and authentic self by pausing together. Welcome back. Welcome ourselves back. You good, Ben? We're good. <laughs> I forgot to have a microphone. Yeah, I, I told you. This is, uh, we're, we're expanding. And say but thanks to Larry in the studio. What's up, Larry? Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't have a mic. <laughs> so I want to start off with uh, gratitude uh, to all of you for making the time for creating, holding space, Big shout outs to everyone who's shared feedback with us and with the Meaningful Minute accounts. America runs on Duncan, uh, not a sponsor yet. And this podcast, pause, uh, runs on love. We run on love and listener support and uh, good vibes. Am I missing anything? It's <laughs> good vibes. So keep sharing it. Keep letting us know what's working and what you'd like to see more of. Here's a, a comment that we got from Allie. I loved, loved, loved pause, and that's all in capitals. Three loved. What an incredible gift. Whoever had this idea is brilliant. Agree. And Claudia Yisrael will benefit from it tremendously. I really hope it goes far and wide. I'm a big fan of Dr. Benji. His book is excellent, but this podcast really breaks it down for people. Full of wisdom and so heartsick. Yashikoch on this really a tremendous contribution to Meaningful People Enterprise. Hope it keeps going. Koltuv. Wow. What a milah tova. And we're all doing this together. So thank you, Ali, and thank you to everyone who's sharing. Anan b'chavivus, Italia Milsa. This is all about the brotherhood and the connectedness that we are doing this together. So thank you. Today's episode Today's pause cast, we are going to be talking about learning to ride the waves. That's right. Surfing lessons in Yerushalayim. Cue the cool sound effect. Na, 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 na. We, can, we can do that. We can do that in editing. I am told yes. All right. But what we're actually going to be talking about is something called urge surfing, which is an idea that was introduced by a psychologist named Dr. Alan Marlott. And he developed this as a program for relapse prevention, which he developed for people who were recovering from addictions to alcohol and other substances. And what the mindfulness and addiction research has demonstrated is that this technique, urge surfing, can be used to help with any addictive behavior, gambling, overeating, pretty much any other destructive impulses. And here's the disclaimer. Here's today's disclaimer. If you are listening right now and currently don't occasionally struggle by giving in to a quotation mark destructive impulse every so often, hmm, this week's podcast isn't for you. So see you next week. But if you're like me and Ben, and probably most people who are currently breathing are someone who sometimes give in to an unskillful or destructive impulse and thereby engaging in a behavior that isn't in line with your higher values, then this podcast is for you. 
And along with learning and discussing the technique, we're going to be finishing with a guided exercise to put this potentially life-changing technique into practice. Because as we will keep saying, lo hamidrash haikar, the main thing isn't going to be talking and learning about. It's about the practice. We are seeking transformation. We are spiritual warriors. We are the music makers. And we are the dreamers of dreams. So here goes. So you're imagining you're at the beach. You're at the beach and you're watching the waves, the ebb and flow of the tides, the coming and going, the running and the returning. And in the distance, you see a wave that is slowly building up steam and gradually it's gathering speed, continuing to grow in size and strength until it reaches a peak, which is known as a crest. When that wave has crested, follow that wave. Follow the wave as it makes its way to the beach and see what inevitably happens to this wave. Inevitably, that wave will gradually subside. That's the mushal. That's the metaphor. The nimshal, the message of this image, is of course our own urges. They may start off small, they might even be imperceptible to our awareness, and then slowly, steadily gain power and strength. They're going to reach their peak, but then they will inevitably drop off. All right, you got that urge in mind? Just keep it there and see see if what I'm talking about, you know, follow that. Typically, if we're not paying attention, and typically we aren't, but that's what we're doing. That's what we're talking about right here. When these urges inevitably show up, we can react in one of two ways. So one way we can react is by indulging or giving into them. And maybe we would call that a flight response. I don't want to deal with this. This urge, back and forth, just give in. Problem solved for the very short term. Or another way we can approach these urges is we can struggle with them. We can resist, we can suppress. And that, in my mind, is the fight response. We're going to fight this urge. But the irony is, and we're going to see this when we discuss any repression of our internal lives, is when we fight these urges, we're actually providing them with energy. It's feeding the urge. But people are going to try to eliminate their urges by distracting themselves or trying to talk themselves out of them. And what this usually does is just serves to feed these urges and creates this illusion that this urge is never ending. It's endless. It's ain sof, unless I give in to that urge. And the emphasis is it's an illusion that they're never ending. That's just how it feels to us. And once we feel that way, what choice do we really have? Suppressing a thought, a feeling, or a sensation, including pain, is going to ultimately increase it. And that's what psychological research has shown and demonstrated over and over and over again. Suppressing a thought, feeling, or sensation, including pain, is going to ultimately increase it. And the most poignant example, and uh, if you've been to therapy, you probably already know this, is from Daniel Wegner. Um, And here it goes. And we're going to have Ben demonstrate this for us. Ready, Ben? Uh, I think so. Okay, here goes. Don't think of a white bear. And you could try this with us at home. Don't think of a white bear. 
What you thinking about, Ben? I'm, I'm, I'm fluctuating between a grizzly bear and a polar bear. Right. Why are you thinking about that? Because you're telling yourself. Don't think about the white bear. Don't think about the white bear. You're thinking about the white bear. And Professor Wegner uh, of uh, Harvard, Harvard University, conducted these series of experiments to assess the effect of thought suppression, and he called them the white bear experiments. And an interesting side note of this is the reason they chose white bears, they could have, you could say, don't think about a pink elephant, and you would have the same reaction. You would not be thinking about a white bear. You'd be thinking about not thinking about a pink elephant, is that uh, one of the researchers remembered that a Russian author named Tolstoy, he challenged his brother not to think of a white bear, which if anyone's doing this, has you know, you're seeing that it's pretty hard to do once you were told not to. And from that experiment, they introduced something called the ironic process theory or the ironic rebound or the white bear problem which is just an explanation of the psychological process. When you, when a person is deliberately attempting to suppress certain thoughts, it just makes them more likely to surface. And this is so key. This is so important for us to remember. If we're going to be suppressing these thoughts, if we're going to be suppressing these urges, they're just going to be riding so much harder. They're just going to be so much more difficult to learn to cope with. So we have to come up with a third option, and here it comes, three. It's a magic number. It's our task at hand, urge surfing. So with this, we're neither going to be resisting the urges or giving into them. No more chips. Instead, we're going to be opening up and making room for these impulses. We, as we've discussed previously, are learning to accept. We're creating the space with our minds and hearts as wide as the ocean whose waves, when given enough space, will reach their crest. That urge will reach its crest and then harmlessly subside. But what happens if that wave encounters resistance? Ever see a wave crash into the breakers? It's messy. It's messy and it could be potentially destructive. So in defining terms, urge surfing means exactly what it sounds like. We're going to treat our urges like waves and surf them until they dissipate, which, as your pause cast guarantee, they inevitably will. And what Dr. Marlott and his colleagues found in their groundbreaking work with addictions was that the exact same principles they used for unhooking a person from his or her addictive urges can also be applied to any urge. You don't need to be addicted to have unskillful urges. It could be the urge to stay in bed all day, eat chocolate, take revenge, drink that beer, speak Lashonhara, procrastinate on an important task, smash something, hide away from your friends and family, avoid that WhatsApp message or call, or yell at someone you love. And yes, I just described my morning. That was pretty much my morning until now. And here's a pause point or a moment of pause. Trademark. When we are talking about surfing these urges, be mindful. This isn't a technique to get rid of or avoid our urges. 
It's like, oh, my mind is going to tell me I'm going to serve this urge. Get rid of it, right? That's another attempt of experiential avoidance, which is simply another form of resisting. And that which we resist persists. But instead, we are allowing these urges to rise and fall in their own time without acting on them. We're riding the waves. Someone came into therapy and they had this look on their face and I said, what's up? She said to me, you know, she'd been, she and I had been working on um, cutting down her e-cig usage. She was addicted to, to vaping and she was doing really well. She had pretty much cut it out completely. And she said she learned in a safer that if you still have the urge to do something, it shows that you're still stuck. And I did not ask her. Oh, I wish you guys could see Ben's face right now. Shaking my head. Shaking his head. I hope you're shaking your head at home too. Right? The urge is not the problem. Judging yourself as being bad for it, that can lead to problems. Acting on the urge can definitely lead to problems. Turning the urge into something it's not. And how does this sound to you? We're going to have these urges. What if I can't do it though, Benji? What if it's too intense? What if this urge never goes away? Great question, right? How long do you think your urges actually last for? And most of them, from the start to the end of the wave, they last about three minutes. Maybe they could go on for a little bit longer, but typically it's three minutes. And when I share this with my clients, on occasion, some have responded to me that their waves go on and on and on for what could feel like ages, right? That illusion that this is Ain Sof. And my response is always inevitably some form of, yeah, that's right. At the moment they do, but there's a good reason for that. It's because you're doing the same thing that we all naturally and instinctively do. You're resisting them. You're pushing them away. And there's so many different ways that we could resist these urges. We could fight with them. We could ruminate about them. We could distract ourselves from them. We could try to push them away or any other emotional control strategies. And we're going to talk more about that when we spend more time with our emotions. But because we react that way, this resistance, which results in persistence, can cause it to certainly feel that these urges are going on over and over and over. But when we accept them, the waves usually rise and fall pretty quickly when we learn how to ride the waves. And of course, in more challenging situations, there's going to be more than one wave. So as long as the challenge persists, those waves will continue to rise and fall and then rise and fall again. And that's a really important takeaway from this cast. Urges don't stop. You rode the wave at 12 o'clock to not eat that last piece of cake. But that cake will be there tomorrow. And so will that urge. Do not get disheartened that the urge doesn't go away. And what research has shown is that with time and cultivating this skill, these urges will just not present as intensely. We know that. We know that with the wisdom of age, some of the things that were more compelling to us, they just don't have that same urge as they used to present. 
And although these typically rise and fall quite quickly, they often don't go all the way down to zero. But as long as we give them space, rather than struggle, and rather than judge ourselves for having them, we're going to be free to invest our energy in doing something meaningful. So here's our moment of pause, or our pause point. We can't stop the waves, but we can learn how to surf. We can't stop the waves, but we can learn how to surf. And I remember learning about that in graduate school. What a teaching. We spend so much time futilely fighting the waves. I think, I think it was Shimmy who was just, you know, standing at the beach and he was doing karate. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm fighting the waves. I said, who's winning? He said, me. And I said, great. You know, 20 minutes later, the waves were still going and he wasn't there. Right? We spend so much time, but he put in a good fight. It was a good fight. It was valiant. We spend so much time futilely fighting the waves. And the mushal is... The parable. The parable is <laughs> trying to control what life inevitably throws at us. And how's that working out for you? My boss doesn't like my ideas all the time. My knee is hurting again. Someone just smashed my bumper. Oh, my mother-in-law is calling me again. Just kidding, Safta. Just kidding. Only love. So we can't control any of those things, but we can learn to ride the waves. Surrender to the flow. You surf, Ben? No. Me neither. I don't surf either. Stand up paddleboarding. That's my jam. When you're riding the wave, but thinking about any flow state, for that matter, there's no grip. There's no trying to control or even too much focus on how you're experiencing it. There's not so much focus on yourself. You become at one. There's presence. There's flow. There's just being. So anytime you're in this flow or this zone state and hearing basketball players talking about this, they're not fully, they're fully present. They're just not stuck up in all the other things that pull us out of presence. And that can't happen if you're trying to control your environment. It's a settling back. It's a quality of presence, of full attention that allows anyone who's in that state to tap into that flow. And when we're truly empowered, all this self-consciousness or notions of being in charge have vanished. We're tapping into the flow of the universe's wisdom, of love, of strength, of power. And our mindfulness practice is the training to tap into this presence and empowerment. It's going to teach us how to surf. So even when we say we don't surf, no, we learn how to surf. We might not be surfing the waves outside, but we're surfing the inner waves, how to ride whatever waves are coming our way. And so like most of these ideas, what we're talking about during these pause casts, these ideas have to be experienced, not just spoken about. And sometimes my clients have a hard time with this one. Because even though the idea of watching cravings come and go makes sense to them intuitively, like any other skill, it can only be learned through practice. It's a lot easier to coach than play. And so me sitting on the couch coaching someone how to surf the urges when they're actually feeling it. It's just them and that object of desire and the urge to use or to eat or to smoke 
or to say the wrong thing, right? What do you do then? And this practice of urge surfing pairs so nicely with how mindfulness works in general. Because one of the ways that I've seen mindfulness explained is to think of your mind as the surface of a lake or of the ocean. There's always going to be waves on the water. Sometimes these waves are big. Sometimes they're small. Sometimes they're even imperceptible. And the water, the waves of the water are churned up by the winds, which are going to come and go completely arbitrarily. And you won't know what direction they're coming from. And you won't know the intensity. Just like the winds and the stress and change in our daily lives, which serve to stir up the waves in our minds. And most of the time, if I bring up uh, meditation to a client who hasn't practiced before, they're going to say something like, oh, you mean this? And immediately try to sit in some cross-legged position and say, um, putting their fingers together. It's not that. Meditation isn't some kind of special inner manipulation, which is going to magically shut off these waves so that your mind's surface will be flat and peaceful and tranquil. You can't put anything, you can't put a flat surface on the water to calm the waves. And you can't artificially suppress the waves of your mind. And here's your permission slip to not even try. It's just a futile effort. It's just going to create more tension and inner struggle not calmness. And that's not to say that this calmness is unattainable. We're definitely, definitely setting that as one of our intentions to be more calm. It's just that it can't be attained by unskillful attempts to suppress what the mind is naturally doing, which we're going to speak about next week at next week's podcast. And that which resists persists. If you are resisting it, that urge is going to persist. And it's possible through meditation and through exercises like urge surfing to find shelter from much of the wind that will be agitating your mind and soul. And God willing, over time, a good deal of the turbulence that you may be experiencing is going to die down from the lack of us continuously feeding it. But ultimately, ultimately, you can never really stop the waves. And here's the permission. If you can't stop it, then you have to stop trying to stop it. And here's that permission. I'm not stopping it. I'm learning how to surf. And one of my teachers shares this analogy of swimming out into the ocean when the weather in the ocean, is, it's choppy. But with each bit of progress you make, another wave is coming at you and pushing you back towards the beach. A lot of, lot of beach analogies today. And very quickly, you could find yourself becoming exhausted fighting all these waves. And then the, th the stories might come out and be like, oh, I can't do this. Or wow, these struggles, these waves are just too much. You know, they're really, they're really kicking my tail. And I remember him teaching that the waves are not the same things as the ocean. When we're caught up in the energy of the waves and we want to go somewhere, and we something's being impeded, we also forget that there's so much more. There's an ocean out there which is spacious and vast. Our mind is so much more spacious and vast than just this unhelpful, unskillful urge. At that point, 
What can be helpful to do is just duck under the waves when they come or ride the waves when they come. And in this way, we can keep making progress on our swim, on our journey, without getting caught up in the sway of each individual wave. And underneath the power of what's happening on the surface, there's so much stillness. There's so much calm that we could tap into. So when your own life, and think about it, in your own life seems to be filled with stormy weather, when the big waves of thoughts or urges are coming in one right after the other, remember, you are the ocean. You are not the waves. And you can learn to surf. And now we're going to do an exercise. Now we're going to practice learning to surf. So just sitting in a comfortable position, allowing yourself to be fully here and now, maybe taking a few deep breaths. And this is a visualization exercise. So what I'm going to ask you to do is just picture yourself in a situation that you find challenging in your present life. One in which you are triggered in some way, nothing too traumatic. Maybe a situation in which you might be tempted to use a substance or engage in another behavior that has been problematic for you. Again, gentle reminder, please take care of yourself by choosing something that is challenging but not overwhelming. And as you picture this, I'm going to ask you to imagine that you do not engage in the reactive behavior whether it's eating or drinking or smoking, getting into an argument or fight, or whatever it might be for you. All I'm going to be encouraging you to do is stay with whatever comes up as best you can with a sense of gentleness and curiosity. So if the scenario you pick feels overwhelming, or like something you don't want to do or are not ready to do. Respect that limit. Just imagine a less intense situation in which you react in a way that feels automatic or out of control. So for example, maybe call to mind a relationship or a situation where you might react with anger or in a way that's hurtful to you or another person. You all have something in mind? And again, if at any point it becomes overwhelming, you can always just open your eyes, maybe move your body around a little bit to reground yourself in the present moment. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes again if that feels comfortable. You may leave them open if you choose, maintaining a soft focus a few feet in front of you. 
Just letting your eyes rest there throughout the exercise. And begin by just feeling your body here in the chair wherever you're sitting. Noticing sensations. Letting the breath flow easily in and out. And now bringing the scenario that you've chosen to mind, a situation that might or has in the past caused craving or urges to react in a reactive manner, in a way that is not in line with how you want to be in your life. Maybe you're with a certain person or in a certain location. Maybe it's something that's happened in the past that you can recall or a situation that you imagine would be challenging for you. Gentle reminder that in this scenario, you're going to make the choice not to engage in whatever reactive behavior this scenario is triggering for you. Now taking a few moments to really picture yourself in that place or situation or with that person. See if you can imagine the events or situation that lead up to this reactivity. Bringing yourself right to that point where you feel triggered as though you might behave reactively. And we're just going to pause here for a moment. Just pause. Our tendency is to either fall into craving, give in, or fight to resist it. But here, we're going to explore our experience a little. We're going to find a balance. Just staying with and observing the experience without automatically reacting. So you might begin by noticing any emotions that are arising. Noticing what thoughts might be going through your mind. Perhaps the physical sensations that you're experiencing in this situation. What does this feel like in your body? Noticing, too, what it is about this experience that feels so intolerable? And can you stay with it and be gentle with yourself? If you begin to feel overwhelmed at any point, you can always back off a bit by allowing your eyes to open or letting your attention come back to observing your breathing. Gentle reminder that we are practicing staying with these experiences in a kind and curious way. We are making the choice to not act on any urges or cravings that are arising, 
just staying with them and observing as best you can what is happening in your mind, what is happening in your body, what a craving or an urge feels like. And see if you can feel what's here and now without tightening around it or resisting it. Feeling what it is like to not engage in the behavior, discovering what happens when you stay with this experience and explore it a little. What is it you are truly needing? What is this urge really asking from you? Is there a longing for something? Maybe there's fear, anger, loneliness, boredom. Maybe relief or freedom. What is it you really need right now? And just staying with this discomfort and unfamiliarity, observing with a very gentle curiosity. And if that craving or urge becomes increasingly intense, Let's imagine it like an ocean wave. Imagine you are riding that wave, using your breath as a surfboard to stay steady. Your job is to ride the wave of desire from its beginning as it grows, staying with it through the peak of its intensity, keeping your balance while the wave rises, and staying on top of it until it naturally begins to subside. You are riding this wave rather than succumbing to the urge and being wiped out by it. Just watching the pattern as the urge or craving rises and then falls and trusting in the pause that without any action, anything that you're doing on your part, all the waves of desire, just like the waves of the ocean, arise and fall and eventually fade away. Noticing how you can simply stay present with this wave instead of immediately reacting to it, accepting the craving and staying with it without giving in to the urge, without acting on it, without needing it to go away. And now taking the time you need, gently letting go of the scenario you've imagined and slowly and gently bringing your attention back into the room, taking a few deep breaths if you'd like, maybe moving the body a little if that feels right.
Thank you so much for pausing together with us. Looking forward to seeing you next week. The goal is soul. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And of course, to see more content from Pause, you can sign up for our WhatsApp status. Hit the link in the description where we post content every day throughout the day. Content from Dr. Epstein and others. Thank you for listening.